What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of Crossover Commerce, number 70 on the docket. Uh, We're presented by Ping Pong Payments, and quickly about Ping Pong. We provide marketplace sellers and entrepreneurs global solutions for controlling their domestic and international funds. An account with Ping Pong enables companies to significantly reduce their costs when receiving or making international payments all in one platform to increase operational efficiencies, save time, and allow sellers or businesses to manage their business profits from a single source. For more information, go ahead and check out the link in the comments section below or in the show notes. Go and check out more about Ping Pong. Uh, there and sign up for a free account today. Thank you for everyone who's joining us live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We appreciate the time that you're spending with us. Hopefully it's a beautiful day like it is outside for you as well. Maybe not, maybe a lot warmer than it is here in Indiana or maybe in Maryland where our guest is today, but we appreciate your time um, and spending a little time in my corner of the internet, like I said in the intro. Um, or if you're not watching this live and you're on Team Replay, thanks for listening to this at a different time of day, Um, but we appreciate you either doing that or downloading us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. Truly, wherever you can find a podcast, I'm going to be there. Just search Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, and subscribe and rate those shows below. We're a little bit behind on putting those audio up, but we will be rolling out all this content um, in the few weeks ahead. But go ahead and do me a favor. If you're watching us live on those social channels, go ahead and follow, like, and share this episode on social media. We want to get the word out to everyone who wants and might be interested in this topic. It's really cool uh, about what we're going to be discussing today. And make sure that you hit the reminder button to be notified of future episodes of Crossover Commerce. We have our own Facebook page. Just search for us there. Or you can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, or on Instagram. So uh, if you can't catch us live, make sure you just tag us in those comments. Or if you are alive, ask your questions in the comment section below. We do see those live so we can answer any questions you might have about the topic we're covering, or maybe about the business for either one of us that we can shed light on. Uh, About our guest today, uh, he has been a self-employed Employed designer for over 15 years. He has worked on projects for companies like TrueCar, McAfee, Pluto TV with Viacom, Christine Brinkley Skincare, and more, uh, which is a pretty impressive portfolio if you ask me. And my, uh, my graphic designer background tells me that this is a pretty big uh, deal. And because uh, and became well known, he became well known in the marketing industry for uh, specialty of social media and creatives, which we'll really talk about and dive into as today as well. In 2018, he launched No Limit Creatives, a subscription-based design service that offers businesses of all sizes graphic and video designs for one flat monthly rate. In just two short years, he is employing over 250 different employees and contractors across 30 countries and runs the entire operation all from a single home. He was working remote before it was cool to work remote, everyone. So we're going to dive into what he and his team are doing that is so successful. Um, Everyone he employs actually works for their own remote location and has not set foot in a brick-and-mortar location, which is super impressive, especially at that scale. 
He's helped thousands of companies increase their revenue and improve their reputation through high quality custom creatives that serve a purpose and tell a story. Mentioned many times on this podcast before from the likes of Mina. Uh, we had uh, Stephen Black also mention and tout his business as well. But welcome to the show, Jeff Mendenbach of No Limit Creative. Jeff, what's going on, man? I am. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate that amazing intro. <laughs> Look, I've done it a couple of times now, but yeah, it's, it's true. Like your name comes up quite often on our podcast from just sellers who are, you know, like I said, Stephen Black and, and Mina, he's always tagging you, I see, and people asking creatives, but that, that must be kind of cool to have people who go to bat for you and your business if, you know, done it right, especially in the creative side of things. Yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, these, they're, they're both just genuine, caring and loving guys and they're the, the network of people that I've been able to um, get involved in has been amazing. So they're, they're both heavy hitters and, and they always uh, do a lot of name dropping for me. So I always appreciate that greatly. Yeah. I was going to say, how many employees have you hired on just because of their effort? The oh, referral system? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It's been a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, I know like you, you're kind of the back inside of things and not on too many pockets. So I was really excited to be introduced to you. I have a visual and graphic design background. So I got super jacked when I see like people in the same industry uh, that are just crushing it right now. So for people who may not know you or like, you know, see your face too much, terribly much on like YouTube or whatnot, uh, you make your rounds, but what what's kind of like that background, how, how you got from, you know, your own business to now scaling at a crazy ridiculous amount of people um you know i started freelancing a long long time ago and using platforms like elance and upwork and freelancer.com and just just bidding on jobs i was like it was all a numbers game for me so i'd sit there and bid on jobs all day every day and i'd buy extra bids so i could just keep that going and you know the more <laughs> i bid the more jobs i was landing and that's really like Elance and Upwork is where it all started for me. And that's um, awesome. And this was when this was back in 20 what? It's been at least six, seven years now since I've been, I was freelancing pretty heavily. Um, okay. And, you know, I got a top rated status there on Upwork for the amount of revenue and the reviews and stuff like that. So um, it was a really interesting way to make a living at the time. And that's really what kind of, just just made me explode. I mean, I really started getting a lot of requests for making ad creative specifically. And that's what really got me, you know, thinking, oh, I guess maybe I, I need to get more involved in the ad space. So I started hitting uh, Facebook and Instagram ad creatives really heavily and getting involved in groups. And it just kind of took over from there. So back in 2018, I wanted to um, test this model out. I had seen it pop up from some other companies and freelancing is great, but it's not always consistent. So the idea of, of being able to get a more consistent income while also not breaking the bank for companies was really important for me. So I tested this out and um, got a couple of designers off Upwork myself and it just took off from there. It's been a really crazy journey. And, um, like you said, we have we have really great people that support us and and talk about us on podcasts and groups and things like that. So it's been really uh, an interesting journey so far. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and and again, I can imagine just the amount of people who are bidding on it, like the likes and and as like again background knowing how people work, not in the creative space. They're like, this is what I want, and this is kind of funny how. Um, uh, 
uh, like Steven said, like I have to be super specific on what I want. If not, like I have people like Jeff who look at me, you're like, just like blank face. You're like, <laughs> what do you actually want us to tell the story? Because as a designer, you have to be specific in the image that you're painting, right? It's, it's, it's almost like doing a, a, a portrait, but you have to know what message you're portraying. So like from that perspective, what was it like early on? Were you working with like lots of difficult like people and, you know, you have to like navigate the space. What, what is that like as a freelancer? You're like, I know I'm not technically, I'm a freelancer for you, but like, what's it like going back and forth with clients like that, especially scaling up even? It's it's a, a frustrating process. I mean, you, you, you deal with a lot of people who just, they're not visual people and they don't have that, um, that creative mind. I mean, they, they know what they need, but they can't articulate that or convey it in writing. And it's, it's really, it without knowing what you want and just kind of jumping into it, it's almost a guessing game. And, you know, myself and other designers that work for us, we, we all hope at the end of the day that we're, we're on the right track and we're, you're you're playing a big guessing game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's really difficult and especially working remotely, uh, not having your designer right next to you in a business in an office, um so it's very challenging there's typically a lot of back and forth um as we've grown we've been working on more and more ways to simplify briefing processes and give people um different ways to communicate with us not just typing so i've really been starting to push like loom screen records um and i'm telling people you know write what you want but go and make a recording too and share your screen with us show us what you're talking about um there are sites out there like Frame.io where customers can now actually click on parts of a video or a graphic and draw and put arrows, things like that. Um, so that's something we're going to eventually implement into our custom portal. So, you know, it is a uh, tedious, time-consuming process quite often, but we do work with some really great people too that really have the briefing down to a science or they have strategists that are um, their whole job is just to kind of give us step-by-step visuals of what they're looking for. So it's an interesting process. So you made, and you actually made the decision and I can kind of like say everyone who's watching live, a lot of people are like from Rob Stanley, he's like, Jeff is so good, but he's always booked up. But he does great work. So like even that touts, like you just have the ability to scale quickly, which is probably what you're doing. Um, but we have a couple of questions we'll get to. My question is, from early on, you had to make the distinction. You don't want to have a brick and mortar like agency, right? You had to say, I'm going to do everything remote. What was that decision like? And how did you come to that decision? Um, you know, back in the day, I, I would say I was more extroverted and in high school and I did a lot of sports and stuff. And as I got older, I really, uh, my parents would say, what the heck are you doing in your room all the time on the computer? You know, I was, I was in there when I lived at home all the time. Um, trying to make money. I did some affiliate marketing stuff and I was doing designs through Craigslist for small businesses running ads. And um, I really just got comfortable with the work at home lifestyle. And I was very disciplined and I still am. I get up and work the same hours every single day and I don't, I don't take sick days and things. I mean, we go to one vacation a year typically and um, you know, to work from home and, and be remote was a no brainer for me. It's what I was very comfortable doing. And um you know, as I started to hire people from other countries, the remote game was just something that we had to keep going and it's been working really well. It's definitely got its own set of challenges operating a business through uh, Slack <laughs> and uh, Asana and not having like in-person meetings and things like that. But we've really been able to um, 
set up a lot of processes and procedures and weekly calls and things like that to try to stay as uh, as together as we can without physically being there. Interesting. So you and you have employees all over the world. So what's it like managing from one time zone, obviously, to like people on the opposite end of the, you know, opposite end of the world? That's been a, a challenge. So we we have set working hours. Everybody does work in the same time zone as us on the East Coast. Awesome. So we don't have different shifts. We are at some point going to open up a second shift because, you know, people like in the Philippines are working night shifts. And that's a tough that's a tough shift to work, especially just kind of being on a computer all the time. You're already tired and then your eyes are starting to get strained and and yeah. sore from looking at that at the computer all night. So um, currently everybody's on the same time zones uh, with us, thank God. And it's it's worked out well. There is a little bit of a drop off with, you know, people working night shifts, of course. But um, we have a really, really, really solid team and everybody's really good at working together. And, and um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I wouldn't change anything on that side. Amazing. So like, what's it like recruit, recruiting and people are finding you all over the world? Is it like contracting through Upwork? Like what's that hiring process like to make sure like besides them sending your portfolio, their portfolio or their digital like assets? What is it like to know that they're a legitimate, you know, business entity that you want to tie your brand to? Um, it's, you know, we, we initially used Upwork to recruit and the fees were just crazy through that site. I mean, to, to be an employer on Upwork, you lose money. To be a freelancer, you lose money. So it's great to um, generate business and, and gain revenue through those sites. But the fees when you're when you're at this level of this many people is really um, exponential. So. We typically do, you know, recruiting ads through social media. Now we do uh, posts in Facebook groups that are, you know, for motion graphics or graphic design groups. Um, and then we have, you know, uh, unfortunately, portfolios are great to look at, but they're not always legit. And we've had to find that out the hard way. I mean, we get some really great portfolios and we bring somebody on board and find out that that wasn't even their work they were showcasing. And um, so now we have we have part of the process where people can do uh, test submissions with their application. It's usually a simple graphic or video that shows us right away if they have the skill sets that we need, um, if they understand the briefing process that we go through with our customers. So there's a lot of comprehension testing and skill skill sets that we're looking at and things like that. And it's really helped us kind of. Um, get rid of tire kickers or people who aren't really a good fit for the brand. So some people don't like that. And they think, you know, I have a portfolio I've been designing for 15 years. Why should I have to do a sample first? And, you know, it's not like we're, we're asking for free work that we're going to go run on right. the internet and, and make money off of It's It's literally the same uh, test job for every single designer. And it's, it's for our own protection at this point. It's, we just can't, hire people that are, um, you know, not showing legitimate portfolios that could be a risk for us. Yeah. And then, uh, we had a couple of people ask already questions. So I'll just pop out those, uh, for one of our followers, Brennan Gerler, how do you account for accountability for a remote worker? You very project based or rather than hourly, like what's that look for you as a manager and 
kind of company owner. And then he had a follow-up question. I thought this was funny. Did you all plan to wear gray shirts? I know, I, the gray shirt, are, yeah. Are, that is, this is the thing. I grabbed down my laundry basket quickly before I came down here. Brennan, thank you a lot. Uh, Brennan's gray a friend wall. of mine. So yeah, I was going to say gray walls. Like, come on. like Similar shelves. We, we definitely sure. were messaging before this like about different <laughs> things and setups, but we did not plan to wear the same clothes together. So thank you for pointing that out. He's a, uh, he's a friend of mine. So thank you for What's calling up, that out. You, you're a big jerk. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah. So for the first question, going back to like accountability, like that, that, I'm assuming that's a big thing. And even if like when COVID hit, um, I know everyone like shifted online, but you've been doing this out. Uh, you've been doing this for multiple years now. What is it like to have to hold people accountable on a, like, are you actually doing your work? Like, is it, is it project based? Is it hourly? Or is it like monitoring through like how much time you're on a computer? Like what, what does that have to be for you? Um, we decided not to go the route of installing software and computers and spying. I just, I just feel like, I mean, I, I've always tried to give people that trust that I think everybody deserves right off the bat. So I've never, I've never asked anybody to install anything at the end of the day, if they're not getting their work done, we know they're not working. I mean, it's pretty simple. We, we have, uh, everybody is assigned to X number of projects a day. So we don't do it hourly or anything like that. Um, if they get the jobs done in two hours or eight hours, they still get paid for those jobs. So we go by a, a project basis basically. Um, but you know, it's tough. Like I said, with the night shift, I mean, people oftentimes fall asleep on the job or they, they wait to the last minute to do stuff. We ultimately have to just terminate the contracts or let them go because we just can't have that. So it's really, it's challenging to, um, put your faith in people and just trust them and hope they're doing the work. But, you know, I, I think I treat people really fairly and, um, give them that trust they need to, to know that, Hey, I, I believe in you and I know what you're going to do. And if you don't, you know, we just, we just move on. So. Yeah. So what, what's it like? So you're the work that you guys are doing. It's, it's mainly focused in graphic design and video production. So both correct. Yeah. So yeah. For, for when we initially talked, it's not, it wasn't from the get go. It wasn't e-commerce clients. It was just you know, brands who are reaching out to you that needed design work done, correct? Like, what was that like client base that has naturally shifted for you? You know, um, because we grew pretty much through referrals the first couple of years, um, the majority of clients that we had were ad agencies um, because we were just really, or I myself was involved in a lot of those marketing groups. So when I got referrals, they were typically other agencies or media buyers. Um, and then, you know, Amazon selling got really crazy and, and Shopify popping up. And, and I definitely saw that transition into a lot of e-com space. And I think they, they make up about 50% of our, our uh, client base now in the e-com space. It's crazy. So, um, you know, again, though, it's, it's been primarily referrals, people like Steven and Nina and their groups and, and other, uh, similar groups, you know, we have a good presence in there and, um, we get a lot of referrals. So we have a lot of happy brands as customers and they're referring other brand owners. And um, it's just, it's been a really, really cool way to run a business and get business. Um, we are really focused on advertising and podcasts and partnerships this year in 2021. So we are still hitting the e-com and, and marketing agency space pretty heavily. Nice. Um, but, you know, we started out, it was it was kind of everybody we worked with, too, and not just ad agencies. We had a lot of 
um, brick and mortar places, a lot of one man shops, things like that. So, you know, I think where we differ from other companies is we just, we have a much bigger presence in these two particular industries than everybody else. I feel like there's a, there's a lot bigger uh, mixture of client base in other services than where we're at today. So, you know, we're just going to keep that going because that's where we excel. Well, and it's really cool model what you're doing. It's not like an ad hoc um, per project. It's a subscription based company. Um, what's, what's it like uh, for people who may not like understand, like, how do you have a subscription based company with creatives? Is it like as much as you need in that monthly and then you just get charged on a monthly rate? Like what, what's that look like in terms of a, a subscription based um, service for yourself? So the, the client would just pay one flat monthly rate. There's no um, hidden fees or anything like that. No contracts. They can come and go as they please. But as long as they're paying subscriptions, they can continue putting in uh, design requests and we can service those design requests as they come in. Um, we do have a, a limit where we work on a couple of active projects at a time. Otherwise, you know, somebody would expect us to make 100 designs a day and, and it wouldn't work out. But you know, within each project uh, or request, we do do multiple design variations, different sizes. So we're really volume focused um, and try to give people like literally as much as we physically can every single week. So, you know, it's uh, the subscription model is great. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen it's it's everywhere now, no matter what kind of product or service, there's a subscription for that. And um, that's a T-shirt. <laughs> But yeah, it's like join my subscription. Like no matter what, it's just this. It's just a blank. Like I've been telling, I've been telling Mina, like I, because we, you both and I both know this. I, just, I keep giving him shirt ideas. I was like, uh, for him, I was uh, t-shirt idea was like, I'm the. What did I tell him the other day? I, everything I tell him, I was like, that should go on a t-shirt. And always, I feel like I leave my conversations with him. That should go on a t-shirt. And I'm waiting for one of these times for him to post online a t-shirt that I, of a idea I give him, like networking badass or something like that, or like serial networker, like you can't hide from me or something like that, something crazy, <laughs> like ridiculous like that. Um, Cause he's everywhere. And like, I, like you said, the space is all about networking and that's the beauty of it is people keep swapping business back and forth because we're all talking to in theory, the same people um, in that space. So what's it like? Um, what's like the most, uh, maybe in my own personal question, what's the funnest project that you've been able to work on? Yeah. Um, I think true car was a really cool company to freelance for, and they, they believe it or not are on Upwork right now looking for freelancers to this day. I mean, they're, they're, they're still hiring freelancers, um, but that was actually the first customer that I was given a bunch of 360 degree pictures of a car. And our job was to animate that and make it spin, you know, seamlessly and not choppy. And we were making ads that way. And these cars were spinning and they had a, uh, employee discount program. They had a partnership with Sam's club. So they, all the employees of Sam's club got discounts on cars and special, um, pricing and financing and stuff like that. And that was like one of the coolest projects I had ever worked on because at the time I, I have never done anything like that where somebody gives you like 250 photos and you have to patch them all together and make them animate and spin. So that was, that was a really cool one. But then, um, you know, with Pluto TV, we did a lot of video ads uh where we were doing promotions for uh different tv channels on pluto tv and 
it was stuff like Jack Black and Unsolved right. Mysteries and stuff that like Unsolved Mysteries was always on as, as a kid. And that's something that resonated with me. So working on projects like that were just really cool and got me all giddy to, to be able to be part of those. Do, do your kids ever come to you and go, dad, that's your work or something like that. If they see it, like, do you, do they recognize like your uh, thumbprint on, on design work um, or whatnot? Not, not so much the design, but they get hit with my ads on their tablet constantly. <laughs> Don't um, click on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're costing me money. Do not click that banner. So, you know, my daughter just this morning. It'd be fun to see like broken down, like how much they're costing you. If they're like, that's daddy's company. <laughs> click. I'm like, no, Coming don't out of do your, that. Uh, yeah. Your money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, when um, I told yeah, I was the same, same thing with my son. He goes, Hey, look, it's a ping pong. I go, don't click that. Yeah. <laughs> like I, yeah, on, a, on his tablet, if he happens to be like getting served our ads, but that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And they're, uh, I guess we're doing like audience network stuff through Google. So our, our banners pop up on their uh, tablets and they're playing games or they'll see stuff on YouTube. And it's, it's so funny. They always know because we always use the same style of uh, gradients and, and palette and things like that. So it's pretty cool for them to uh, be able to actually see it for themselves on their own devices. Interesting. Yeah. It's, 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 I can imagine that seeing it multiple places like that is, is a pretty cool concept. Is it, is it something where that's kind of what, what's kind of the vision long road, long term? Is it to be this agency that can scale and have thousands of employees like, and just work as a freelance company as a subscription company or, um, does it fishtail off into something else? Uh, do you think is your vision? Um, you know, we've talked a lot about that. I think we are at a really good place right now. Um, but I'm always concerned about going stale and just being like that. Oh, there, there has been, you know, that's, we're on to the next best thing now. So I'm always thinking about what's next for us. And, um, every year I try to set new goals for the business and the service, but, you know, because we're so big in the, um, the marketing space, I think we're going to work on some things where we get some more uh, marketing focused packages rolled out where we have creative directors on board that can actually help agencies or other brands come up with uh, ideas for requests and things like that. So that's been a really big struggle across the board for everybody we've worked with is like they know they need to keep designs fresh, but they don't really know how to um you know, convey what they need. And that just goes back to us talking about how to brief properly and um, people run out of ideas at some point. So having creative directors on our, on our staff to be able to actually offer strategy and, and visual ideas for companies every month is something that we definitely want to get into. And, um, you know, we're definitely growing that e-commerce space stuff as well and partnering up with companies to offer uh, actual product photography and lifestyle photos and video production. So we're really working a lot on um, expansion this year. And I think we're just going to keep that going every year and just, just think about new things to uh, roll out and, and get more specialized in like Amazon is going to be a big thing for us this year. So um, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say when, especially like, I pull from this too, in terms of creativity. I think a lot of people run into that roadblock consistently, especially when you're pumping out as much as you guys are. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Uh, is it from like people? Is it like reading? Is there like a certain well that you always go back to to get like refreshed um, and, you know, kind of re-inspired? 
it, it's all over the place. Um, we have a lot of designers that are constantly just looking at Dribble and Behance all day, every day, and they're always getting inspiration from all over the world because it's a I mean, black I'm, hole though if you were just constantly searching I and like I, i'm i'm always in a black hole when it comes to those locations those websites i should say it's crazy i mean the the amount of talent that's out there is unbelievable to me and um i always think i've seen like everything and then i see some new portfolio and it looks amazing but you know we're actually working this year on uh educating our designers right now um, so we're, we're actually making education roles and some of our highest level of designers are going to be, um, constantly teaching new tips and tricks and, and skills and things like that to our designers every month. So, um, it's a really big mixture of things, but I think education is really important and not, you know, always, always looking for the next best thing and what's the new, um, the new palettes this year, the new patterns or textures, like what's, what's what cool is the color there? of the year? I didn't, I didn't catch it. I, what it was I don't for know. 2021. I, yeah. I want to say last year was blue or purple or something. I can't remember. Is it like, is it like a surgical mask blue? Could be. For 2020. Not, yeah. I mean, she's, <laughs> I can't keep up with all this stuff. And, and now we're like going back in time in 2021, we're going back to geometric shapes and like primary colors and things that, um, were like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that was cool. And now it's cool again. So even like yeah. Burger King is rebranding with that retro uh, uh, I'm gonna, logo. I'm gonna, you, I finally have somebody I can ping and say like, who do I talk to about like, is this a good idea that they're retroactively going back and like rebringing for their, now I have someone I can message and talk about this yeah. all the time. I mean, so. when I saw that, I was <laughs> like, you know, I, is it a good thing? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what their position is with that or why they're doing that, but it is following a pattern that we're seeing across the board and everything is kind of just like coming back through, you know, 20 years later, 30 years later. And that seems to be what's popping right now. Yeah. I wanted to give a shout out to you, uh, for your daughter, Sophia. She wanted to tell you hi. <laughs> I so, saw that. Sophia, hi, Sophia. Sophia, it's nice to see you. Thanks for watching the show. Make you make sure you like the channel and subscribe <laughs> on your, on your mom, on your mom's profile. So we appreciate you, uh, tuning in, make sure you get all your chores done. Make sure you got the work done though, too. <laughs> yes, she's a good supporter. That's awesome. I was gonna say, so are your kids like into uh, art or design? Like, how are you? Is a household very much like a like a creative space for your kids? And yes. like, do you pass that on to them? Yeah, and my wife's very artistic as well, and she does some um, insanely talented crafts and and uh, clothing and cups. I mean, just she makes some crazy stuff on a cricket. And, um, my daughter is super talented. She just has that, that natural gift to, to be artistic. And she has that eye for detail. Um, my son is, is he's getting there. He's more about like just punching people and watching wrestling. And that's well, our, our, my six year old would, uh, would love to meet your uh, son too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, you gotta was, watch yourself he, he was, hitting us and it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, all of a sudden, it's like running headfirst into your stomach. You're like, "What are you doing?" Like, yeah. I, I don't remember doing that as a boy, but like, I, I could be wrong. Like, who knows? But yeah, he's, he's, but he's also super. Man. But it, yeah, but it, like, also he has the flip side of like he can put head down and like come up with this intricate drawing of like, like he has left and right side brain that he's tapping into constantly because he'll ask questions and he'll be super cerebral, come up with like here's this like machine that I created with multiple different ways. This is how it is. And like, this is what it's creating. And like, we're like, this is amazing. Like, I, I can't believe that you're projecting this in your mind, which is really cool. 
Um, so it, yeah, Rob said you should get both of your kids on to do a podcast. <laughs> that, uh, it's that it's true. One. My son has joined a multiple meetings recently. Uh, most recently yesterday with Rob. So he would he would oh talk a lot probably. So but they would stare at the microphone all all the time when you realize where the camera is but uh but yeah that's so that's interesting so you create like that kind of like the home environment as well um for creativity what about um maybe on the flip side i talked about like what's the fun project what was the worst project you had to deal with like you don't have to name names of companies like what was the one that was like i can't wait for this to be over like whether it's your own personal reasons or the client just sucks I don't know if I have a specific project, but I did have a lot of projects as a freelancer that never ended. And uh, I never got, I just, I couldn't get paid until the job was over. And that was a thing that Upwork had, you know, you could do um, milestone payments. So after X amount of progress in, in the project, they could release a little bit of money, but there was so many times as a freelancer, and I, I, I guarantee you this still happens now um, where, you know, the, people are just asking for constant changes and constant uh, variations or, you know, it just gets to be the um, really ridiculous. And you're going like a whole month without being paid on the job that probably should have only taken you a couple of hours. So, you know, one of the reasons that I kind of set myself apart from others is I was not going uh, after the hourly rate jobs. I was doing it right. as a fixed rate. I'd be like, hey, you know, I can do this ad in, in a couple hours for you. I'll charge you 50 bucks or whatever. And um, that bit me in the butt quite often. You know, I would get times where I just, stuff was really, really taking a long time to get finished. And um, I would end up losing so much time and money. It wasn't even funny. So I don't really have a specific job that I can think of that was just brutal, but that was a very common scenario for me as a freelancer. Yeah. What's it like? Like, do you have more fun with the graphic work or do you have more fun with like the video? Like, it sounds like you were more graphic focused and then you yes. dabbled into video. So is that just yeah. a constant educational thing for you? Yeah. I mean, I've always been huge into art. I mean, I went every, every year of school from, you know, preschool, whatever, kindergarten to uh, 12th grade, I was in art. And even if I didn't have to take it, I, I took it. I loved it. So um, graphics and drawing and painting, all that stuff was really fun to me. Um, I love video, but I can't do anything crazy like these people that work for us now. So, you know, I, I got into very simple video stuff, um, very simple motion. And I did a lot of it through Adobe Photoshop, believe it or not. And people don't even know that you can do video in there sometimes, but it's I would do very, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it just uses up so many resources on your computer and it takes like two hours to render a five second video. It's super inefficient, but, um, yeah, graphics was just always my bread and butter. And I was self-taught. I didn't go to school for art or anything like that. I, I started kind of doing the hustle game out of out of high school and um, whatever I could do to, to make a buck I was doing. And and uh, that's kind of how it all evolved. But video was so high in demand and back in 2018 when we started that it was a no-brainer for us to get into that. But, um, you know, surprisingly, a lot of companies still don't offer that for whatever reason. But it's very yeah. difficult to find uh, video designers that are uh, ad focused that understand how to get attention. There are a lot of editors out there, but um, we really look for a very specific skill set when we hire people for the video side. So it's interesting how much diff more difficult it is to find people in that space than graphics. Yeah. What, what's it? Um, 
So was like 2020 difficult because of like people cutting spending? For for example, a lot of people cut creative. Like in my mind, I've seen people do that and cut. They have to cut places. They're not yeah. probably spending money in advertising. Was that does that mean that that was a down year for you guys, or did you guys still see pretty substantial growth? It, it was a uh, we had huge growth in 2020. I, mean, I think we we almost tripled our our business last wow. year, but. Uh, when COVID really hit hard in March, we saw a big drop off of business. And that was pretty scary. Um, we were constantly asking other people we know if, hey, are you guys experiencing this too? Is it just us? You know, um, we had a lot of agency clients, like I mentioned, a lot of them did event marketing. So when COVID happened, events were no longer a thing. And um, we these these people unfortunately lost their entire businesses like overnight. So we lost them as clients. They lost their their full time income and their business. It was really, it was a sad situation for a lot of people that we knew. Um, we were doing some some relief times where we were trying to give people a little bit of discount to keep them on board with us for our own um, sustainability, but also to help them as well and keep their businesses going. So after about a month, everything just kind of bounced back and and just skyrocketed. It was crazy, and people. Uh, quickly figured out how to operate remotely without going into the office. And I feel like remote working is just so much bigger right now. And we know how big Zoom has gotten and they couldn't even keep up with all the uh, signups and the downloads. It was crazy. So, um, you know, we were really blessed to just keep growing last year. And and uh, I know a lot of people that are in the same boat too. They had a really good year. I was going to say, especially with the overhead of a retail like space, like, or like leasing an office. I know from the former company, they were just trying to get out of their lease in general forever, like trying to sell off like equipment, like desks, like computer monitors, things that employees had, like you can obviously have your own setup at home, but like just the additional equipment, like food costs, any like tech company has now seen, um, here in Indianapolis, we have like uh, Salesforce's second biggest location besides in San Francisco is actually in, in Indianapolis. And they have one of the biggest, they have the tallest building in downtown Indy. But now they're telling people like, we're probably not going to go back full capacity, if not like at all. And that's yeah. like scary for lots of like buildings, like downtown businesses and whatnot. But it's a reshift in like the marketplace, like where people are operating from. Do you think that, like, do you look at yourself you're like, Dear God, thank God I wasn't like locked into like a, a lease or something like that. Like, yeah. does that scare you going forward that you might eventually you might have thought you want a retail space or like I say retail space like a like an office, but now you're like, nope, never going back there or like not even going to think about it. Yeah, I think a real retail space office, it's just uh, a thing of the past. I don't think I'll ever worry about that. We've been able to operate this way effectively for the last few years. I've been doing, you know, online working for 15 years. Um, I've never had an office location or anything like that. But yeah, it's it's really scary. I mean, we've had one of our biggest agency clients, they were paying like 20 grand a month for a, um, you know, an office space with the studio and they were doing their... Uh, D to C marketers. So they were doing a lot of production work in house for these e-commerce companies. And, you know, after COVID they're like, Jeff, we're probably never going to go back to an office again. And, and we've actually been helping them operate remotely by recruiting more designers and um, kind of filling in the voids for their creative teams. And they're able to cut some costs that way. So 
we've seen the shift and um, it's it looks really promising for the future. I think if you're already working from home or from a remote location, you're you're pretty in, you're in good shape. Yeah. And then uh, we actually had a question for Rob. What are some of the software programs and tools you use for video and graphics? Like, is there something that you're like, can't start or you have to use us if you work with us, you have to use these tools? We only use Adobe Suite. So it's primarily Photoshop and Illustrator and After Effects. Um, mm -hmm. We are dabbling in uh, Canva sometimes because we have a lot of customers that like to work in Canva and make different iterations or sizes of our designs quicker than we can. Um, so we have a pro account with Canva now and we have some designers go in there and kind of set up um, like templates almost that are that are blank, but they have the design base there and they can add in text, things like that. So um, Adobe has always been the suite of our choice and probably always will be. It's been around for years and, yeah, you know, I, I was using GIMP. You ever heard of that back in the I have day? Not. No, it was, I, it was kind of like uh, Photoshop and Paint Shop Pro, and it was free. And I used to design with that as a freelancer uh, back in the in the day. So um, and I, I see Robbie asking about Premiere. We don't really use Adobe Premiere. Um, the, the majority of our videos we do are, are uh, motion graphics heavy, and After Effects is really, really solid for that. So Premiere is great for us if we need to edit stuff or patch things together. But um you know motion graphics is is really ideal in after effects yeah and yeah he's, he's, he's yeah. <laughs> he knows he always knows how to outsource and he's always saying this is how i get my quick graphics luckily for me i always have a designer well i have one designer on hand he's on the west coast so if it's something that he needs to pump out like our like intro graphics and stuff like that he's been great to like get it out but i know he gets inundated with requests all the time so God bless my graphic designer on staff. <laughs> I was like, it would take a while for me. I don't even have Adobe on my computer. I wish I did, but um, but yeah, to, to put things together. And that's the thing is like, do you have like pet peeves with people? Like if you see like a random person saying, yeah, design this in uh, Microsoft Word. Can you, uh, can you help me edit it in Word or something like that? And you're like, yeah. Oh dear God. <laughs> we get that <laughs> a lot, you know, and, and like, <laughs> oh, we need you to design it in uh, word or PowerPoint. I'm like, well, they're not design programs. We can make like, we can make the graphics for you in Adobe and you can pop them in there on your own. But you know, we, we don't go into Microsoft programs and design stuff because it's just not efficient. Yeah. Um, it's a, yeah. The programs are not used for design work. So don't take yes. it. Especially my wife, who she likes to put together stuff in Word. I said, please stop doing that. You're making me <laughs> like, and uh, she, yeah, it's, it's vector programs versus, I forget the name of the other one, but yeah, they're, they're co two completely different program sets. Um, yes. so, but uh, what, what's kind of like for, so for e-commerce, if people are interested, they're in the e-commerce business, what ways are they using you guys? Is it for listings? Is it for infographics, uh, photography? Like what are the different iterations that you guys are getting approached to use for um I, I think primarily it was it was really ad focused for facebook instagram youtube snapchat pinterest but um you know amazon's just exploding as you know so we we've gotten into uh a plus content now and amazon listing images we're doing uh photoshopping people's products onto lifestyle stock photos to try to make it look as realistic as we can um, we're doing, uh, Amazon videos. Now we do package designs for products. 
labels. Um, I mean, literally anything you can think of that an e-com seller may need, we have done it uh, on the graphic or video side. So um, infographics are massive right now, especially for listing images and you know mm-hmm. all the call outs and selling points and features of products. So we, we literally just do it all for this space anymore. That's amazing. So what what's kind of like the, so you've seen the evolution of Amazon. Do you guys have to go in and are you, is there any sort of like partnership like thing with Amazon that is for graphic design? I don't know if you've ever Not done that. Not that I know of. I mean, we, we could go in and try to edit the A plus templates and stuff. Um, but we don't, we don't get involved in anything like that. So we have them pick a template they're going to use for the listing, get all the dimensions and then just kind of go from there on the graphics. So, um, you know, we don't really get involved in the, in the other, like the back end side of things. We just do the design. Gotcha. Do you, do you request that clients send you samples to give you like inspiration or what, what's kind of that process? We like, yeah, we like to see um, examples as much as possible because that really cuts down the guesswork and, and a lot of stuff is kind of just up in the air. It's open for interpretation where we're just reading stuff and not seeing any examples. So um, anytime we can get examples, it's going to be a lot better than not having them. So it is in the brief that we do ask if you have examples, please upload those. And we have um, design libraries on Google Drive that we let our customers access. They can see all kinds of different things we've done and they can reference it or say, hey, I like this package design. I want to try to you know, emulate something like that. And so we, we've trying to give them all the tools um, to help us be successful for them. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, Rob was on the same wavelength uh, as me. Is like, have you guys worked with PicFu in terms of like A-B testing um, with like images or graphic design or do you no, know who PicFu is? No, I don't. Uh, we haven't done anything like that. Uh, we really have um, just focused on design only. So you know, we get requests all the time to, hey, can you just go in Facebook and load this ad for me? Or, you know, can you can you um, go in and find the template sizes and things for this or that? And, you know, we just, we really, the only way we can scale and keep a, a really quick, efficient workflow going is to just stick with what we do best and right. not try to offer things that are really outside of our wheelhouse. Well, with PickFood, it's like the crowdsourcing of like, which one do they think is like, they'll actually go and... Um, take us basically a poll of people who opt in. It's like, which image is better? Like, do you find more appealing? So like, maybe that's a company, if you, if you're not connected with them, we can connect you with, because they do a lot of like testing with marketplaces. So people can do um, $50 per, again, I think a hundred people or something like that, where they can say, which design do that people like better? Or they can AB test like names of titles of stuff like that. But in terms of like, like that, that seems a lot of people are using them for like creative for like, they're in the e-commerce space, they're in the e-gaming space, but then they're also in the uh, publishing space. So like book covers and titles and like how it looks to consumers. So that might be a cool, uh, I'll make sure that you guys get connected with that team over there and see if there's an alignment of some sort, but they're, yeah. they're always like people upload and like, I don't know if one graphic is better than the other. And then, uh, they, they might have their own personal preference and then 70% like one, the opposite one. So uh, it's kind yeah. of like a testing it before they put it to market. It's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a lot of times shocked at what works or what the favorable right. uh, design is. Then, I mean, it's, 
it's really wild that sometimes we see stuff that we would think is definitely not going to work and it does and it, it's very amateurish or native looking to social media and it's yeah that's that's pretty cool i have to check that out yeah well i'll make sure like rob and i both know the guys the owners over there so we'll make sure we we connect you guys in that because yeah they're they're constantly like a b testing and they're really big into e-commerce but like i said book publishing is where they first started and they're growing really big into e-gaming so it's like a big there's a bunch of different areas like you can just a b tests images titles that's awesome. mainly mainly imagery so uh, it's, it's kind of a quick straw poll of people who give you feedback really quickly like what they like what they don't like um you know like it looks childish or it doesn't depict the image or or depict the product or anything like that so it's really yeah. cool stuff that they're doing so Ooh, yeah thanks, that's, yeah <laughs> i was thinking the same thing too rob you don't get all the credit i was gonna tell him <laughs> initially but yeah him and i both know the owners over there um but what what's it like before the top of the hour and we have to let you go um what what's kind of the who's doing like pretty cool work that you like kind of idolize in the spaces an agency is it like a, a designer you know is there like a, a person that you're just pretty excited to see their work as they're pumping it out um yeah i think there's there's a couple of brands and agencies that i've really liked to follow and um i don't know if you've heard of monster agency but i started following them a while back because they had some hilarious video ads and uh you know, he was doing um, Dr. Phil and he had that guy, um, that, what's that guy to catch a predator, that show, um, Dateline, I can't remember his name, but he had all these spoofs and they just had me dying laughing when I saw them. And I, I started to actually follow their page and then I connected with the owner because I was just like, I was so uh, excited to see what he was putting out next. So that was really cool. And, um, you know, we, we've always been really close with agency owners and things. I mean, Common Thread Collective is another company that we work heavily with. And I always love seeing all the creatives that we actually do with them. Um, but they are the basically the leaders of the strategizing and the creative direction and things like that. And, uh, you know, we just get some really awesome work that we get to, to do with them. But um, there's, there's, always, there's a couple of e-commerce companies out there that I've really loved to always see their creatives um uh what's the, there's like a serial one that's i can't remember it's it's the weirdest looking ads i've I always see them um and they're in one of my presentations and i forget the name off the top of my head but um you know hydrant i don't know if you've heard of them they're they have some really cool creatives and we worked with them a little bit at some point but um you know i'm always just looking through ads and stuff on social i just scroll all day long and, and anything that catches my eye, I always just look at it and it's, it's really cool to see all these people and, and what they do. And I don't even mess with the ads library on Facebook. I just kind of see what I'm being targeted by. And if anything catches my fancy, you know, I'll just, I'll go check them out. But yeah, I mean, there, there's a couple of guys out there that I really like to watch. That's awesome. And then for, for your business, is there like, uh, where do you think the next step of growth is? Is it, is it, you know, still in e-commerce, is it going to be in uh, social media or like what, what's kind of like that avenue that you think is going to kind of perpetuate you guys even more forward? I, I think the e-commerce space is is a no-brainer for us. We're seeing the trends and the and the growth and the demand there. Um, so we're, we're going to just work really hard on becoming specialists at as much as we can in the Amazon space and Shopify and just e-commerce in general. Um, you know, ad agencies, the, the marketing space is still huge. 
there's a lot of um, uncertainties right now with the Apple changes and people not knowing if you know they're going to be able to track their conversions and their ads the right way. So I don't yeah, know even, what's going to happen. Even what Google yesterday said something they might not like have the holistic trackable nature that they do even currently. So they, yeah. they might scale it back a little bit. That's concerning even for us that somebody that runs ads, you know, I mean, anybody that's in that uh, space that that has revenue coming in from there, it's kind of scary. But, um, you know, with Amazon taking over the world and we have a we have an Amazon warehouse here in town now that's like a million square feet and it towers. It's right backed up against a neighborhood. So when you come yeah. outside, that's all you see is the Amazon building. <laughs> Lovely they, landscape outside. <laughs> oh my God. They had a, uh, a helicopter. My brother sent me a picture of the helicopter with a rope picking up cargo and just flying it back and forth over the building. It's just crazy. So, um, you know, with, with them becoming so big and all these sellers everywhere, it's, it's really a, a, a quickly growing industry that we're going to stay in. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today. I know you're your busy uh, guy managing your entire team at scale for the, for people who like, again, who don't know like where to find you, what's, what's the best way to get in contact with you or try to see is the, your business maybe a little bit or best for them, or if they want to refer other people to them, if they've heard this, what's the best way to do that? Uh, just check out nolimitcreatives.com. Nice and simple. You can learn more about our services, see our plans. You can learn more about me. Uh, you can book calls with us or me, myself. So um, that's the easiest way to do it is just check out our website. We have a, a nice live chat on there. If people have questions, they can chat in as well. Yeah, we make sure we put that in the description. So if you're watching on social media, go ahead and check out nolimitcreatives.com. Go ahead and check out and just mention uh, Crossover Commerce to Jeff and his team. Um, just to let them know you guys are doing great stuff, man. Like I, I always appreciate when graphic teams and, and design teams get uh, touted quite a bit. So you guys Thank are doing awesome much. work. I, I love following some of like the, maybe the missed, uh, <laughs> the one was the sailboat with the, the pointy picture, uh, oh picture that you posted on social media. Yeah. It was probably making me cry way more than I thought it should, but it was just like fun stuff like that, that I love following and. Uh, I won't, I won't for, for sensory purposes for who's watching or listening, potentially, I won't get into that <laughs> right yes. now, but yeah, you it never was just know. fun stuff. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Who, whoever's listening. Um, but just fun stuff like creative that you might just miss entirely from a 10,000 foot perspective. <laughs> you're just like, Oh God, what am I thinking? And, uh, slips through the cracks, but yes. Yeah, man. Congrats. Congrats on all the great work and what you're doing. Um, thank you very love much. To, yeah. So go check out no limit creatives. Everyone go check out Jeff, follow him on Instagram, YouTube, their page on YouTube, as well as on Facebook. So thank you so much today. Thanks guys for watching. Thanks Ryan for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And thank All you right. everyone again for on the crossover commerce. Uh, again, this show, we go live four to five times per week. So make sure that you subscribe to our social media channels, or if you subscribe to us on uh, any sort of uh, podcast forum, whether it's Amazon, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify or Google Podcast. We'll be there. Just search Crossover Commerce and uh, we will be there. So subscribe and rate us with those kinds of shows. That's it for this week on Crossover Commerce. We have an exciting group of, I believe, four individuals um, next week that are going to be coming in hot to give you top tips in the e-commerce and Amazon space. Um, I'll go ahead and if you s subscribe to our social channels or follow me on social media as well, again, on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook or on Instagram, you can follow and 
find out more information. I'm also on Clubhouse, so uh, be sure to follow me on Clubhouse again at Ryan Kramer. I'll be more than happy to connect, join rooms, and we'll be getting e-commerce tips and tricks out there as well. So for uh, Jeff Mendenbach of No Limit Creos, I'm Ryan Kramer. Thanks for joining us again on another episode. Have a great weekend, everyone. Be safe out there. Continue working hard and growing your business on Amazon and e-commerce.